Her name was Lola. I was 19 and working freelance for a fanzine called Hits with a Z, sold at gigs in smoky clubs in Manchester, Leeds, Bradford and Derby. My job involved interviewing sweaty lead singers of punk bands, pissed beyond belief on Snakebite and Black. I loved music, but had absolutely no talent, so this was the nearest I could get to it. I hated prog rock, folk music and most of all, disco. I liked my music, cranked up, loud, angry and full of swearing. Um, I can't stick around, bro, said the eyelinered weasel in front of me. Ha, <laughs> I'm off to Lola's. Shit, I was supposed to file this copy tonight and he was off already. <laughs> no worries, come with, he said. I'd heard Lola's name mentioned before, but never been. You had to be invited, and I suppose you had to be somebody. I was excited, but shrugged nonchalance. Can we talk there? I asked. <laughs> Not much time for talking at Lola's. <laughs> he giggled. But you'll get a story, bro. Lola's. It didn't look much. A steep descent into a box room, with a bar to the right and nothing in it except a spotlight on a pole. The bartender was wearing a polyester suit with a waistcoat, a dress shirt with frills down the front and a bow tie. A bow tie, for fuck's sake. I asked for a pint of snake bite. He laughed and gave me a perna in black. I couldn't help but notice he had the most enormous bulge down his super tight trousers, more like a puppy than a budgie. When I went to pay, he looked me straight in the eye. That snake does bite he said. What was his accent? Norwegian? Fake Norwegian? A porn accent. He laughed, and I heard a woman laugh too. It was pretty dark in there. There was no music, which was weird, just a sort of low, menacing drone. Hello, sailor. The first time Lola spoke, I seemed to hear her voice in my belly first, like the time I went to the zoo with my mum and the lions treated us to a rare afternoon roar which travelled up through our feet and we seemed to hear it in our bodies. Chilled. Reminded that if it weren't for the cage, we'd be dinner. Talk to him, Lola. He needs a story. I'm off to see Nan, said Weasel. Nan? Weasel's Nan was here. This was getting weirder. My name is Lola, she purred, head resting on a hand with sharp purple nails curled around a martini glass, backlit by a lamp covered in yellow feathers. Her hair was fine and curly and pale orange. Her skin was milk white. Her lips were moist and plump, green eyes glittering, gravity-defying cleavage. Soft and beautiful dancers' legs, blancmange, set and trapped in the prison of fishnets. Her teeth were so white, rarer back then, to have teeth so white, to have breasts so upright and huge. I was nineteen, remember, and I was mesmerised. Would you, um, would you care to buy a lady a drink? 
she purred. I did so, and puppy trousers marked a chalk on the bar next to me and told me to settle later. His accent was changing, he sounded a bit Schwarzenegger. I choked on my perno, and Lola fed me a strawberry from a bowl. A spoonful of sugar, she said. So, I hear you want a story. I nodded, mouth numb with aniseed. Ask me a question then, and we'll go from there. Um, what is this place? Lola tells me about her club, a specialist knocking shop for the discerning client with spare cash, who is desperately seeking new highs. You can have sex with a very fat woman, Betty, a very hairy woman, Mary, or a very old woman, Nan. You can get tied up and left for days with nothing to refresh you except a light whipping and verbal abuse. You can get pissed on, shat on. You can be made to clean the dirty PVC thigh-high boots of Nan, Betty or Mary with your tongue. You can choose to live as a slave for a week or can get fisted by Nan who refuses to remove any of her rings whilst doing so. I was trying to see the musical connection where it might appeal to the general readership of hits. Hmm. Before she came to work for Lola, Betty's favourite client liked to reenact the fridge scene from Nine and a Half Weeks, in which Mickey Rourke fed Kim Basinger stuff from the fridge as foreplay. Eventually, Betty got so fat he became her only client, and then he upped and died after slipping on some spilled jelly and cracking his head on the fake marble work surface. Nan was an elderly porn star that wasn't ready to retire yet, thank you, and Mary... Well, Mary was just hairy. There were residents here. The other specialist performers came and went. What about you, Lola? What do you do? I'm not for sale. <laughs> I've been a postman, a waitress, a helper at an animal sanctuary, a life model, a swimming coach and a secretary. None of these occupations lasted longer than three months. Couldn't hack the hours. You see, before all of those, I was a showgirl. Puppy Pants puts another couple of drinks on the bar and chalks them up. The clock strikes. From its tiny wooden doors out pops a generously endowed miniature man who fucks a wooden donkey to chime out midnight. Then in he pops again. Nice and traditional, I thought. Back then... I was working the tables at Copacabana. I was a singer and a dancer and I was gorgeous, says Lola. She shifts a little in her seat and the tool of her dress rubs together, wind through the leaves. I was born in the Chinese year of the rabbit and I had an appetite the same as them bunnies. Tony was my lover. He worked the bar. He played piano and we were both trying to make the break from service onto the stage. First time we got together was after hours. He played You'd Be Surprised on the grand piano and I lay on top of it and sung. Before we reached the final chorus, I had my heels dug into the ivories and we were playing our own tune. 
first time he fucked, his cock felt grainy, like a sand turret, and he whispered, Can I call you Tony? It can be a girl's name, or a boy's name. And I shrugged. I suppose he liked the idea of fucking himself, and I didn't care. I loved sex. I often wished I was a man so I could do with everyone who asked instead of having to pretend to be persuaded. My dad was a drunk who crawled into bed with me. He taught me sex education the practical way. You could say, with a hands-on approach. Lola laughed at my discomfort. Oh, everyone is shocked at that, even him. She nodded towards the bartender. And he's seen a man gouge out another man's eyes with a melon baller. Don't worry. Daddy bought me a Cornetto too. But that didn't put me off ice cream. Anyway, eventually, I got my chance to be a coochie dancer and Tony was allowed to play piano a little after midnight. I suppose we fell in love. I shaved my fanny into a heart shape and I bleached it so my cuffs matched my collar. I'd glue a row of sequins along the top. Every night, I'd moisten my fingers between my legs and dab it behind my ears. <laughs> no other perfume necessary. I had no taboos, darling. None. I wanked him off with my feet and discovered a use for the calluses that I developed dancing in five-inch heels every night. He covered me in honey and cream and licked it off. We let the cat join in. We cross-dressed and I fucked him with a homemade leather dildo. You could say we were ahead of our time. <laughs> our bed was made of minks, abandoned in the cloakroom. We dined off olives, left in the bottom of martini glasses and half-eaten canapes. We breakfasted off each other's sweat and cum. Gentleman's relish, I called it. Anchovy fingers, he'd reply. We lost ambition. We were swimming in sex. A little heroin smoked off sweet wrappers to keep us up all night. We abandoned sleep. Lola sighed, her breath ruffling the feathers of the lamp. Her eyes were sparkling with tears or glitter. I couldn't tell. Anyway, that was all a long time ago. You probably think you know the rest of the story because of that wanker Manolo. I gave her a blank look. Barry Manolo. He used to come to the Copa when he was short of ideas for a song. But nobody shot anybody. Tony had a little fisticuffs one night with Rico, who'd been manhandling all of the girls for months. We both got sacked. And that's the last I ever saw of Tony. I was tired of hoofing. And I gave up my dream of fame and fortune. Manolo, that beak-nosed tosser, got me drunk and stole my story, the little shit. He got me a box seat when the musical came to the Palace Theatre here in London. But he didn't want to introduce me to anyone in case I said the wrong thing. I got enough money off him to keep quiet. And with it... I set up this place. I didn't mind that he changed the end. I was never too fond of the truth. It's usually ugly, or at least plain. And lies are beautiful 
and shimmering. The lie of soft lighting on an ageing showgirl's face. Lies about your age, dress size, how many lovers you've taken. Lies on your tax returns, the lies you tell on stage. <laughs> the TV movie of my story has Manilow at the centre, as if any woman would moon over that scrawny muppet. He sits at a white piano, dressed entirely in white, like a funky angel. <laughs> so that's it. My name is Lola, the inspiration for the 1978 hit by Barry Manilow, Copacabana. There's your music angle. My name is Lola. It's true, I did the cha-cha, but never the merengue was too fucking difficult. Another chime. The donkey gets shafted by the gentleman in lederhosen and pops back in. Puppy Pants says, Time, gentlemen, please. And hands me a bill that's more than I've earned in a year. I pale. <laughs> Don't worry, says Lola. There's more than one way to skin a cat. She closes my eyes with acrylic nails, as if I'm already dead and tells me not to open them until she says. I walk blind into her fur-lined boudoir, somewhere in the depths of the club. It's very dark, but then Lola is too old and too precious to be exposed to full light. She'd crumble. Pancake settles in the cracks of her face. Lipstick bleeds into lines, created by smoking Sobrani black Russian cigarettes till 4am, but the eyes still glitter with erotic promise. Come to Mama, she whispers, and I feel the tidal pull of incest. She doesn't disappoint. With my eyes closed, Lola seduces me with her tender flesh, her cobweb hair, her nails, teeth, breath. I can't tell who's fucking who, and I'm slippy and blooded like a newborn. When I hear her whisper, you can open them now. It's morning, and she's gone. I feel empty and full up. On the back of a chair I spy a drooping boa with limp, nicotine-yellow feathers. I walk to the bus stop in the bluish light of dawn. Something dribbles. A creamy snake crawls down my inner thigh. The cardboard life-size Marilyn Monroe that stands in the window of the vintage mag company winks. A cat licks its lips. I smile. When I arrive home, my flatmate is getting ready for work. He looks at me and says, you look fucked, mate. And I say, I am, mate. I am. <laughs>